right on cue. Hashtag NAF2022. Hello and welcome back to Right on Q. My name is Naomi Gruen and I'm your host. This podcast is brought to you by Q Radio, which broadcasts live every day of the National Arts Festival at 9 a.m., 12 p.m. and 5 p.m. right from the heart of the festival in Makanda. If you miss the live shows, this podcast brings you the best stories of the day so that you can catch up on what you might have missed. Our reporters have been out and about working to keep you updated on what's happening at this year's National Arts Festival. In this, our fifth episode, you'll hear from Holile Madinda, owner and founder of the Black Power Station, two beloved South African musicians, and proud owners of the long table, Michelle Klopert and Unita Els. Keep listening and don't miss your cue. NAF 2022, it will change you. 89.7. The Black Power Station is one of the many venues used by artists for the National Arts Festival. Steeped in history, our reporters took to the field to interview owner and founder Kholile Madinda, who himself also has a long history with the arts. I'm Kholile Madinda. Um, I'm an artist. I'm from here. And I'm the owner and founder of the Black Power Station. So what exactly happens during festival? What will be happening, there's a program, I think from the 28th, we have a women's dialogue only, women's only discussion. Uh, They'll be talking about women leadership, women in politics, women in arts. So it's women who will be sharing their own opinions. The name of that um, discussion is called Inkyakyambo Elike. And then we have two bands performing. It's only two bands, women also, but people are allowed to come. So they'll be here inside the Black Power Station. Before moving to the Black Power Station, uh, were you situated anywhere else? Like, did you have this movement uh, somewhere else before? No, it was part of the journey of me growing up in my room. You know, that's where like we would meet and discuss. And I used to do live ciphers, hip-hop shows on the street with friends. Uh, we were part of a group that we started, was called Fingo Revolutionary you know, movement, which was a group of artists who said we're going to change our community ourselves. So we'd put sound system in the street from 9 in the morning till 5 in the evening, where we have conversations, reading books on the street, discussing topics like gender politics, whatever we want to discuss on the street. We get artists to come and perform. So it was a journey. And then we started our own festival 2011 during the same time of the festival. I'm sure you've read about it, Finger Festival. Whoever comes here is for the arts. That's the Black Power Station idea. So you you did mention like the cypher stuff, you did shit in the street. Um, So that was in the location. Yeah, in the location in in town. We did. Everywhere. Mm. Me, I I don't have restrictions where I can be because we were restricted because the system didn't want people to do things. For me, I'm totally free to do wherever I want as long I'm not infringing on someone else's peace. We did ciphers at Old 65, opposite Triple S, there used to be a club called the, the Suite. We did ciphers everywhere. Would you say the arts is a way of then reaching, I guess, look at the location? Because you say students yeah. don't, you know, they won't really go into the location and yeah. some people from the location won't really go into CBD. Mm. And then like this is a, a great spot to, you know, sort of converge everyone together, into this yeah. whole thing. The history of this place, apparently this used to be a village before people were moved. 
So in a way, it's like we're all coming back yeah. to. Yeah. So it's 360. But the Black Power Station is the international destination. It's international in all sense without saying all races. So here at the Black Power Station, we're building a new beginning where no race doesn't matter, but politics matters. That you are open to be questioned about your racism, but feel comfortable that you're not being attacked. Now have preparations been? Honestly, it's the most scariest time for me. I'm afraid people won't come. I'm afraid that we don't have enough time. We don't have enough money to do other things. Because our theme this year is nature, art and spirituality. So we still have to bring more green inside the building. I'm not worried about numbers. I'm more worried that people might not know what's happening at the Black Power Station. Is there any anything in place to like help people get to the venue? Yeah, they, normally, like for an example, regular when we have our own shows, we would say someone wants to come. Let's show a show starts at six. We normally have a taxi at the drama department mm. that picks up people there and brings them here. End of the show, the taxi comes and drops them back there. So as the National Arts Festival themselves like given you anything to budget to work with to yeah there is there is um, there is normally when we do finger festival there's a budget which they just to support so the festival is here this band this band is brought by them here they ask them to come and use the space so they are bringing those artists who are part of the festival here and they also are supporting us with technicalities that we are needing the grass is cut they are part of the like they're helping us to make sure we print the flyers pay for a little bit for the stuff when people want to get a hold of you uh, your socials where can they find you uh, on the black power station facebook okay. page twitter the Black Power Station, Instagram, the Black Power Station, everything is the Black Power Station. Right on cue, hashtag NAF2022. Tickets for his performance were sold out almost instantly, leaving fans questioning why he was only here for one show. I am, of course, talking about Ringo Madlingosi, who was in Makanda for a much-anticipated one-night-only performance at the National Arts Festival. He shared with our reporter, Naledi Ndala, what it means to be back in Makanda and why he's only here for such a short amount of time. Those kids, they were singing my song, Vuas, were like, wow. It was the first time that, you know, they, uh, I, I nearly cried. Yeah, the verge of tears. Oh, I'm telling you, but it was beautiful. So, yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it reminded me, it did, it, it, you know, remind me that uh, there are people here who love my music and who love me as a person. So, I'm glad to be here. And we've been hit by COVID 19 and performances were hard, they were stopped. No one was allowed to perform. And after a long time, you managed to be here in Grahamstown. How, how are you finding the experience so far? So far, so good as I'm saying that I can't wait to get on that stage and uh, sing for the people. And, uh, you know, we've been locked in or locked out from, you know, for the people and all that. But, uh, uh, yes, it has been a very, you know, tough time. People were, were dying, people getting sick and all those things. So for us, uh, you know, as uh, performers, it's a great uh, relief and uh, also it is very 
therapeutic for us, you know, to perform and uh, make people happy. And, and I'm sure, hopefully, they will also get the same vibe from us. We're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. And we also noticed um, that your tickets just flew mm. and people didn't get a chance, those people who wanted to be a part of mm. um, the show. Do you have any upcoming shows that can actually accommodate those people who didn't get a chance to experience this? Yeah, we were talking about that with the management, uh, that um, we need to come back you know, and do a show, uh, not uh, to wait for another you know, calendar day to come in so but we just come and give people the show and i realized you know sometimes that um we perform for people who are from all around south africa you know not people from here it was you know and uh hopefully we'll get people that are you know coming from elukshin come and watch us to perform uh, because this is for for them yeah, and uh, it, it should benefit them. Maybe one day it will be better, uh, where people come in and sell food and everything. And there was a guy that you know was uh, an artist one time. I forgot his name, but you know uh, he got the platform because of uh, you know shows like these. So yeah, we'll be coming back. And Elia, I heard you mention that your ancestors actually reside in Grahamstown. Oh, yeah. Share the feeling of being home with us. <laughs> Look, um, uh, with the guys that were running away from somewhere and uh, they were they are known as Amamfengu. They made a, a pact amongst themselves that they were going to uh, educate their kids. Hence I'm sure that we have the, the first uh, you know uh, institutions of higher learnings for black people around here this side and everything. So yeah. And as it's, the audience it's, uh, it's, uh, it's yeah you know they, that that um, that's why I'm saying there's a different feeling for me when I'm around, you know. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm amongst, you know, my brothers and sisters uh, and really family. Yeah. As the audience, we were expecting more than one show. And unfortunately, we only managed to bag one. Yes. And how did that happen? Was it part of your plan? Or is you just giving the upcoming artist the platform to be recognized and to be out there i guess it was it was uh part of that too as well that you know we had uh we wished we had another show you know but uh at the same time we needed to give platform uh, to upcoming artists and uh so we couldn't you know take over the time and uh you know uh, you just what you call this uh sing uh, yeah, no, we need to give people a chance. And also, um, as I'm saying, that we will find time where we will come over and perform and give people the, you know, uh, yeah, the chance. To, maybe, you know, you guys, you from Abbey Roads, give us, you know, a chance to come in and perform for you guys, you know, and um, make it work. <laughs>
Makanda-based Afro-soul singer and songwriter who goes by Nombasa, recently released her first EP. She was visited by our reporter Olwetu Poko during one of her rehearsal sessions for a conversation on how she celebrates life and diversity through her music. So, how long have you been performing for the National Arts Festival? Uh, performing at the National Arts Festival, this is my third one because it was 2016 then 2019 all throughout the years it's been usually like the opening ceremony at the at the monument so i've been sort of like performing every like year at the openings and stuff and then when COVID happened that was the so you did not take part on the online one virtual not really but i would perform for like virtual events as a local artist who grew up in the festival town is it still a thrill to perform at first or is something usual now it's never like it's it's i I also don't want to say like oh it's the usual because each year is different um and i'm excited to see like how this year is going to be after the two years two consecutive years not you know performing i don't think i ever get tired because also different artists come every year and i think that causes like a different vibe um to it but yeah um what is the message that comes with your music um I think one thing that um, I guess it's intentional and not not intentional because I think when you listen to it, you can't help but feel like um, the authenticity that comes across in whatever the theme of the message is. Um, So the message is unity. The message is hope. The message is love. The message is healing. So do you have like a specific genre? For now, I think I'll classify it as Afro-Soul. To make things easy. And what about the target audience? Like, do you have a specific audience that you're seeing or write to when you create your music? No. I think because I'm writing what I'm feeling. And so whoever relates to that, young or old, can then also um, relate to that and take it and personalize it. Uh-huh. What should your fans expect? Like, what do you have in store for them? Especially for the first. For the first? Yeah. I think they should expect like a, a a very good authentic experience. I think they should um, expect because I think my music sometimes challenges you to to face yourself and face whatever circumstances to also celebrate. You know, in a because there's a there's a song called Asiwela. I think ever since the EP got released, it's been a song, one of the favorite songs of people. Uh, who've been listening to the music and i think it it just has a a unifying factor so i think there's a lot i expect um not a high expectation but i anticipate people to encounter when listening to it uh spirit of unity healing as i said i mentioned and also about the ep is it like the first or you have made some music before this was my debut ep oh so how do you feel about the reception very excited um i think obviously people need to i mean there's people who really have warmed up to it and are listening to it but obviously we still need to like sort of spread and do the work of marketing etc but it's it's been i think it's been overwhelming just um hearing people's responses especially like their personal stories people you know dming me or whatsapping me and say well that song for instance kuteni um it's it's helped me navigate what i've been feeling it's helped me like put to words what i've been feeling all along so and 
So about the EP again, is it like a four song project, right? It's four songs. Okay. So can we expect a full album anytime soon? We're gonna work on it, yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Nombasa. Pleasure. The Long Table is one of Makanda's most well-known National Arts Festival attractions. In an interview with Q Radio reporters Olwetu Poko and Twaita Gula, owners of The Long Table Michelle Kloppers and Unita Else spoke about their expectations for business during the festival and beyond. So the first question I have for you um, is, what is your aim for this year? To sell lots of lovely home-cooked meals to... Um, excited and happy festival goers. What are you looking forward to? It's a festival venue, so people come in here. The idea is to make it feel not like a normal restaurant where people are confined to their little spots. You come in here, you sit at a long table, you know, you seat yourself, you join in with other people um, there, and even in the pub, you know, sort of yeah. Too many rules and regulations. It's for people to mingle. People mingle in the queue. Um. So what challenges have you like encountered throughout the whole process of organizing this for school this event? Year. Yeah. For this year. Um, well, look, we've, we've been doing this for about 28 years. 28 years, wow. Yes. <laughs> so we know exactly what to do, uh, but there's always problems along the way. Um, what challenges have we had? Of course, is the water challenge. Oh, oh yeah. Um, had to install a tank. Um, and what other challenges did we have, Janita? Oh, yes, there's load, load shedding. It's not too bad for us because we run mostly on gas. Yeah. Do you, ha- do you have like a, um, an alternative source of energy besides gas? No, because we, we're a pop-up restaurant. Yeah. Um, the hall that we hire is a beautiful hall that belongs to the cathedral, but there are not solar panels and that kind of thing here, but we do have the alternative water option now. But I have got some battery-charged yeah, lanterns. Some battery charged lanterns. Ah, that's great. We've got four battery-charged lanterns, yeah. lots of candles. The patrons hardly need those lamps because we've got our little, lamp, little lamps here, yeah. we've got lots of candles... Those lights are for our staff to see what they're doing. Now that the health department has declared full capacity, is your venue aware of that and what are you willing to do? Even if he says full capacity, we don't know how many people are in town. We just hope that we'll be as full, but we're not expecting as many people as we have in the past. Yes, I don't think we're expecting. We're not expecting the queue to go out the door. Uh, We're expecting full um, but not overly full. We don't want overcrowded either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Mm. We are seeing people who are working in the kitchen. Are they employed for this, um, this time during the festival only? This is just for the festival, but uh, for in- instance, our one chef there, Monica, has been working for us for about 20 years. So she comes in every festival. She used to work at night, now she's a day chef. And then another lady there works for us once a month because we've got a once a month pop-up. Um, but we've got quite a number of staff who for years have been working for us and come every festival back to the long table. And just like that, day four of the National Arts Festival has come to an end. 
Keep up to date with what's happening by joining the Q WhatsApp and Telegram groups. Keep in mind, Q is a multimedia collaboration, so if you'd like to read or watch rather than listen, there is written and visual content on the Q Media page on www.grocots.ru.ac.za. Please continue to engage with us on social media at Q.online on Instagram, at Fest on Twitter, and at QFest on Facebook. And with that, we've reached the end of the fifth episode of Right on Q. Join us again next time where we'll bring you our top stories, best interviews, and some insight into what's happening in Makanda. I know I said this at the start of our episode, but I'm going to say it again. Don't forget to tune in to Q Radio on 89.7 FM at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our live shows. You'll hear from me again soon, but for now, thank you for listening to Right on Q. Right on cue. Hashtag NAF 2022.